0: Southern Fried Pop
1: Culture. I am one of your hosts, Mandy Kay. And I'm Kelly Lee. Each week, we're going to talk about our experiences of Southern culture through the lens of stories that are set in the South, feature Southern characters, or are Southern flavored in some way. And we're going to do
0: it while we drink Southern drinks. Now, I have been told repeatedly that I have to like bourbon if I am going to drink Southern drinks. So tonight, <laughs> I am drinking Bourbon Milk Punch. What about you, Kelly?
1: I am sipping whiskey neat tonight. You are a better just woman been than I. Last count of weeks.
0: <laughs>
1: I could not do that. Well, me and whiskey, we have a complicated love story, but it treats me well, so it's all good. So, on this show, our structure comes from our amazing theme song written by our friend Jazzy Bentley. We'll talk about the movie in three sections: Southern culture in general, the bless your heart or problematic moments, and the things we love that make us tickle pink. This
0: week, we're talking about My Cousin, Vinny. Now, this movie is an equal opportunity stereotypist. Is that a word? It is now. It is now. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, There are stereotypes of how Northerners think Southerners act and stereotypes of how Southerners think Northerners act, and then they turn it all up to 25.
1: Yeah. Um, My Cousin Vinny is a comedy about two college kids from New York who are accused of murdering a gas station clerk in a tiny rural Alabama town while passing through on their way to UCLA. It was released in 1992 and has been one of my favorite movies of all time since I was a teenager.
0: I'm so glad we're doing one of your favorite movies.
1: I, I love this movie with unapologetic, ridiculousness, amounts of love. (laughs) (laughs) That's fantastic. So what was your experience of Southern culture in this movie, Mandy?
0: Oh, it's a little bit hit or miss, I think, with this movie, just because this movie, I think, is actually intended to be a caricature. Because, Mm -hmm. like I said, everything is dialed up to 25. But some things did pop out at me. So I have driven by many a building completely covered in hubcaps. I have no idea why. It's just a thing that happens in the South. Do you know why? (laughs) I don't know why, but I have seen it. And it's always like a really old building, just Mm -hmm. covered in hubcaps. It's a thing. They kind of made a show of showing us the Confederate flags hanging from barns and buildings and things like that. And I think we're all very aware that that is a thing that happens in the South. It's even been in the news because there have been you know, government buildings in the South that have flown the Confederate flag. And it's just a part of culture or a part of, I don't want to say a part of culture. It's just, it's a part of life for some people. It's just, I think there is a large subset of people who don't actually understand what the Confederate flag means and what it stands for. And so for them, they just equate it with being Southern. And that's why it's so prevalent in a lot of so-called Southern culture.
1: I would agree with that especially given the age of this movie. Growing up in Georgia, I would have seen the Southern, I mean the Confederate flag hanging everywhere. Right. So it just would have been normal to see it hanging from buildings and from houses, from barns, from the backs of trucks. So that did strike as authentic as part of the backdrop for this movie.
0: Yeah, when I was 12 or 13, I actually bought my brother a Confederate flag for Christmas one year. Because to me, I, I didn't know what it right. actually was. I didn't know what it represented. I thought my brother's a redneck and he likes all this country stuff and so I'm gonna get him something that fits into that uh, genre, if you will. Mm-hmm. And I, now I hate that I did that. I look back on it and I'm embarrassed and I'm ashamed, but I just I didn't know any better at the time.
1: I I never wore one or had one but I caught hell from family for not. So oh, I was I was yeah because I I always sort of resisted it and and took a lot of flack for being such a liberal um <laughs> so yeah it's it's a difficult topic when you're raised in the, especially in the deep south I think and and that was you know many many years ago and I think it's become more of a of a difficult topic now. And and there is a lot of misunderstanding about while a symbol can have a certain meaning for you, it it can have a different meaning for someone else. And you need to consider what that symbol means for someone other than yourself. I think a lot of people still struggle with that. Definitely. So what else struck home for you in terms of Southern culture in this movie?
0: Uh, When Vinny and Lisa went to the diner to have breakfast Mm -hmm. (laughs) and they were served eggs, bacon, and grits, mm-hmm. that is 100% absolutely the southern breakfast. Although I would probably do sausage instead of grits. I mean, sausage instead of bacon. But, I mean, that's what you eat here. Eggs, yeah. some kind of meat, some kind of very fatty, greasy meat, and grits. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and uh, it's it's amazing, y'all. Grits are <laughs> very, very tasty, especially with salt, butter, and cheese. Grits are holy.
1: Yes. I will support that. On a good day, you might get biscuits and gravy to go with that.
0: Yes, yes. Now, I think, <laughs> like, gosh, there's a, a restaurant here. Our, so the North Carolina State Farmers Market is in Raleigh, where I work, and they have a restaurant there. And the restaurant's website is actually realbiscuits.com. So just keep that in mind. You know, So they have very, very southern home cooking. And one of their breakfasts, it's, it's called something like Grandma's Special or Grandma's Platter or something like that. It's two eggs, your choice of bacon or sausage, country ham, uh, biscuits and gravy, grits, and like toast, maybe hash browns? Like – All of this stuff comes in one meal (laughs) at one time. (laughs) I have ordered it once in my life and definitely did not finish it. I will say that. Wow.
1: But it was delicious. Yeah. Ultimate comfort meal for me is a bowl of grits with scrambled eggs mixed into the grits.
0: Yes. My breakfast. So when I go to my grandma's house, she always makes grits, sausage, and uh, scrambled eggs and my brother and i and even my dad does it now too it's really strange we sit down we put our cheese on the grits and then we proceed to cut up the sausage and then we stir everything together and eat it all as one <laughs> meal instead yeah. of three See, separate I, items I'll it becomes add, one yeah. food item
1: i'll add cheese i'm okay i can take it or leave it but i also catch hell from everybody cuz i don't eat sausage or bacon oh. so it's just grits yeah it's just grits and eggs for well, me well that's
0: okay yeah, I mean, but that, I that does
1: take away a little bit of your Southern credibility, but... I know. I know. It does. Well, and then when you add the fact that I don't watch football at all, my credibility goes way, way down. Oh, well, I don't watch chance. football either, so... I do watch <laughs>
0: football movies, though, if that counts. Yeah. <laughs> and the last thing that I, that really stuck out to me in this movie as being authentic to Southern culture was the, the whole hunting... And having the animals you've hunted be taxidermied so that you could hang them Mm -hmm. on your wall. Mm
1: -hmm. That
0: is definitely a thing. And as a matter of fact, one of the places I lived growing up was a building that my grandparents owned. It was a two-story building. Uh, My family's house, uh, quote-unquote house, was on the second floor of this building. And the first floor was a taxidermy shop. Mm -hmm. And so like, just taxidermy was a thing that I was just always aware of, that I knew about. I mean, I don't know that many people have actually lived that close to it. Um, I never watched him do it. I will say that. <laughs> um, but I have seen a lot of taxidermied animals. And, yeah, that's, I think that may extend, like, maybe outside of the South now. But I could be wrong. I don't know.
1: They It always kind of went together as, like, a compound verb. So it was hunting and fishing. Right. You know, what you doing? We're going to go hunting and fishing. It just kind of all goes together. Um, and I've never been one for either of those things either. But yeah, so definitely hunting and fishing, hunting and fishing. That's yeah a huge part of Southern tradition and Southern culture. And a lot of that, the part of the movie just cracks me up every time I watch it. So Yeah, yeah I love the idea of Vinny going hunting. He says, what am I going to wear? And she says, what are you going (laughs) to hunt?
0: Yeah. All right. So what about you, Kelly? What what were the uh, things in this movie that really
1: rang true to you? So it's funny. Although this movie is set in Alabama, it was actually filmed in Georgia um, around a lot of the places where I grew up and worked. So uh, some of the settings and actually like the, place where the bar fight was filmed, and a lot of those places I would drop out all the time, so in Monticello, and Covington, and Eatonton, and Gainesville, um, so most of the movie was actually shot in Georgia, which I thought was really funny that they tried to make it pretend like it was Alabama, and I don't know, like, why not just set it in Georgia, (laughs) but uh, tiny diners with menus that just say breakfast, lunch, and dinner is a real thing in, in tiny, tiny towns, in rural areas like that. And so that I, that always makes me smile when I, I don't see think it. I've ever seen that before I have and um, it's 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 always cracks me up and it's you know cook's choice and that's just how it rolls and it's funny yeah um, one of the things that is in my head canon for this movie that I don't know is actually true, but one of my favorite things about tiny rural towns in the south are what I call combination stores so it would be like a bait shop and barbecue joint. Or like fashion and gas. It's like one store that has multiple functions. Right. And so like I I try to pretend that that's kind of what's going on with some of these different places that they go. Mm -hmm. And so like the diner strikes me that way and the, you know, place where they go to rent his tux and some of these other little tiny stores that tend to have multiple functions. Even though they don't call it out, it sort of feels that way to me when I see these stores in the movie. Right. Um... But if you have a flat tire or you have mud in your tire your car won't stop like, um, or your car won't start, someone stopping to help you is real. Like that I, that struck me as an authentic part of Southern culture. Um, you're not going to be left on the side of the road in my experience. Someone's going to stop and help you. And then in the smaller towns in the deeper part of the South, someone who looks, sounds, or dresses differently or is not playing the local country radio station Having natural suspicion of that person from the people in the town, I have also found to be real.
0: Yeah, definitely. Newcomers are always looked at with suspicion, even if you fit in. I mean, so so I'm thinking back even to, like, when we did Steel Magnolias a couple weeks ago, when Mm -hmm. Annelle showed up in town, you know, she fit in with her look and, and her accent and everything. But because she was a stranger, they were kind of suspicious of her and and they wanted to know her whole life story because she was a stranger and she was new and you know, somebody who's new and somebody who's different is just, you know, needs to be kind of kept at a distance for a little while, I think.
1: Yep. So what about the bless your heart section? What did you find problematic about my cousin Vinny?
0: There were only two things that actually really stood out to me as being severely problematic i mean there, there are definitely things that are probably not great you know when you look at how people treat each other and, and that sort of thing but the two things that i thought just i wish hadn't happened at all in the movie uh one when vinnie stops lisa from reading the law book when she's yeah. just trying to, one she's bored because she's stuck mm-hmm. in a motel room all day while he's out trying this big murder case and two she just wants to help and he tells her not to and it just makes me mad every single time there's no good reason for him to tell her no and it doesn't further the plot at all to do that so it didn't even need to be there
1: yep i agree bothers me too and then
0: uh in the trial itself uh when when we had the scenes with the public defender the public mm-hmm. defender who thought he was such a hot shot, when he got up to actually talk to the jury, he stuttered, and they played mm-hmm. it as a joke. And mm-hmm. it was just infuriating to me that they would do that because it was played for laughs. The way the way he portrayed it, the way his facial expressions were, the way he just kind of was like, eh, I just get nervous. It was just a joke. And... Stuttering is not a joke. You know, you shouldn't use something that is actually a real problem for people to make a joke. And again, it wasn't necessary for the plot of the movie.
1: Yeah, I agree. It was very mean-spirited.
0: But I think those were the only two actual mean-spirited things that I thought were really problematic. Um, But I'm pretty sure... That as usual you you found more than I did. So Kelly, why don't why don't you tell us why you were sitting there watching the movie saying "bless your heart"?
1: <laughs> well, I agree with you too. And then when the prosecutor was introducing the case and he addressed the jury, he was talking about the um, the meaning of the word verdict and how it came down from Latin meaning truth, which I actually think he got wrong, but whatever. Um, and he said it. it <laughs> It's a word that comes down from Latin and all our little old ancestors. And some of the jury members were African-American. And I just want to say, yes, cultural sensitivity in the South is just so amazingly non-existent sometimes. Especially in 1992. Yeah. And I think the movie was self-aware enough that you can catch the fact that he was wrong for saying that. But I also think that they let it slide. And then a lot of the, the jokes at the expense of the prisoners just really bothered me. So they make fun of the death penalty a lot in this. Um, they actually execute a prisoner. And there's a big joke about the power system going out, you know, because they f- like, quote, unquote, fry him when that happens. Yeah. And there's a big joke scene around um, prison rape and like one of the kids thinking Vinny's coming in to assault him. And, like, rape's just not funny. I don't care where it happens or how it happens. Like, those things, I think playing some of that for laughs just really bothered me. But I tend to be overly cynical of all things society-based, so it's probably just me. (laughs) No, (laughs) it's definitely not just you. (laughs) Those are my bless your heart areas. But, I mean, again, unapologetically love this movie. I just think that the the sensitivity level was, was really low on these things.
0: It's interesting that that we're looking at these older movies that are Southern in culture because uh, looking at these movies through the lens of 2017 just makes them so different than they were when they came out. Because all of these things that we've just talked about as being problematic, none of those things were problematic to me when I was 12 or 13 watching this movie. It was mm-hmm. funny. They were things I laughed at. They were things I expected in a movie. And it's just – it blows my mind a little bit that we lived in a culture where that was okay, and I'm really glad that it's not okay now. But it's just... Yeah, I, w-
1: I would agree with that completely. It would be interesting to go back and realize when those things stopped being funny for me, but I'm not sure I could identify when that would be the case. I don't think I
0: could either. I think it's been a slow, gradual process. Mm-hmm. It's not just one day it was funny, and then the next day it wasn't funny. I think it's been a progression of... You know the the most problematic things stopped being funny, but there were still other things that may have been derivatives that were still you know worth laughing at, and then, as time went on, I finally realized that all of those things are probably not good.
1: mm-hmm just take well, and my blush your heartless probably is not as long as it should be because I'm so biased in my love for this movie. Like, I probably should go back and make a longer list. I could have probably (laughs) torn this movie apart more. I'm heavily biased. Well, and that's okay. That's okay. Because I love it. (laughs) It is a really good movie. It's just so funny. (laughs) It's so consistently funny. I mean, I I kid you not when I say I have probably seen this movie a hundred times. Wow. And it makes me laugh every single time. All right, Kelly, then I think this is the perfect
0: time for you to tell us all of the things that tickled you pink about this movie.
1: Okay, so this is one of the top quoted movies in my life. Every um, everyone of my family quotes this movie. Even my son, who does not share my taste in movies, he and I quote this movie <laughs> constantly. And most of my favorite quotes, though, would give this podcast episode an explicit rating. So I'll leave those off. But a few of my favorites are... Are we to believe... That boiling water soaks into a grit faster in your kitchen than on any place on the face of the earth? I don't know. Well, perhaps the laws of physics cease to exist on your stove. Were these magic grits? I mean, did you buy them from the same guy who sold Jack his beanstalk beans? Do the laws of physics cease to exist on your stove? (laughs) use constantly and (laughs) oh yeah you blend like I just love that yeah don't they teach you that in law school like I just love that and when Vinny says I'm going with option b kicking your ass and collecting $200 just love it I adore the cussing in this movie like the cussing is cranked all the way up. My son and I actually tried to count all the F words, but we kept losing track for laughing too hard. I didn't remember this movie
0: having so many cuss words. Like I legitimately thought this movie was rated like PG or PG thirteen because I watched it when I was so young. And I was sitting there watching this and I'm like, How is this movie like PG or PG thirteen? And then I went and looked at it, and of course it's rated R. But I and I was shocked. Because I I don't know that I should have been watching rated R movies at that age. But clearly I was. <laughs> yeah. I, just, I did not remember that as being a thing. And I wonder, though, if that's a little bit of that stereotype kicked up to 25 uh, that Southerners have of Northerners. Because all of the F-words came from the New Yorkers.
1: That's true. That's a good point, actually. Except that... Yeah, as a Southern woman that constantly uses the F word, maybe I just have a great appreciation for it in this movie. I don't know.
0: But... Yeah, I I think you and I are maybe outliers in in the language
1: that we use. Oh, definitely. As as proper Southern women. Yes, none of my Southern girlfriends, none of my cousins ever cuss like I do. I am definitely an F word outlier. (laughs) But... For all of the humor and cussing and great quotes aside, I really love this movie. There's this very quiet moment of Vinny sharing his experience of being encouraged to go to law school by someone who believed in him. Well, I got a bullshit traffic ticket. I went to court. I got the cop on the stand and I argued with him until he admitted he was wrong. And uh, the judge, this uh, Judge Malloy, all the while he's laughing and smiling. And then afterwards, he asked me to go to lunch with him. Then he says to me, You know what? You'd be a good litigator. I don't know what the hell he was talking about. I don't know what a litigator is. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought of becoming a lawyer. But this Judge Malloy was from Brooklyn too. I mean he did it. So all of a sudden it seemed possible. So I went to law school. And that experience made this career as a lawyer seem possible for Vinny. Like it opened up a whole new world of things that he had not considered for himself. Mm -hmm. And then he discovers his strengths as a lawyer through this trial. And so in that way, it's a movie about learning, you know, for me, fully laced with like deep Southern fried humor and cussing. And so, of course, I love it. But it it really gets to the heart of that transformation for him. And and I think it's really well done. Yeah. Of course, this movie speaks to you because you are
0: so all about the lifelong learning and continuing to learn as an adult and this was something that venny started as an adult and that's something that most people don't do you know you don't start law school when you're in your 30s right usually you're done with law school by then and and so i i can absolutely see why this movie speaks to your soul
1: yeah and i mean he went as a non-traditional student he went to law school at night you know he he had to take the bar six times but but there's kind of this undefeatable spirit in him, like. I want to learn this thing. I'm going to do this. And he and he did that really in the spirit of, I know that I'm capable of this. I know I can learn this. I know I can solve this puzzle. I know I'm smart enough to do this. And I really admire the way that they represented that spirit in this movie. Yes. So. What Absolutely. about you? What tickled you pink? What did you love? Oh, Vinny's reaction to the grits.
0: <laughs> you know, when he, he's talking about how he's heard of grits, but then he goes, Sure,
1: sure, I heard of grits. I just actually never seen a grit before. Yeah, honey, you going try it? You first. What is a grit, anyways? It's made out of corn. Them hominy grits. Hominy? Hmm.
0: And just yeah. <laughs> using the singular "agrit" just cracks A-Grit. me up so much because it's not a-grit. It's grits. <laughs> but he learned, you know, he learned from that experience. It's the first time he's ever had grits, and he paid mm-hmm. attention to what the chef was telling him, chef, the cook was telling him.
1: Mm-hmm. And so then
0: in, in the trial, he just gets so sassy. Were these magic grits? And like you said, do the laws of physics cease to exist on your stove? Like, he just goes to town on that, and he's so sassy, and it's so funny, and I could not stop giggling through that whole Mm -hmm. scene. Yep. Another one of my favorite things is that typically in a movie like this, particularly when it's in the South, you've got a sheriff of a small town who's trying to um, bring forth evidence on a case, a murder case, whatever kind of case it is, And he gets dogged about believing that he is absolutely right, that the defendants are absolutely wrong. They must have done it. And he will do whatever it takes to prove it, whether it's right or it's wrong or whether it's true or not. And in this case, it seemed like he was going to start out that way because he very deliberately took out of context what the kid was saying. I don't know anybody's name in this movie except for (laughs) When,
1: when he said, I shot the clerk.
0: Yes. I shot, I shot the clerk. The clerk. I, I shot, shot the, the clerk. clerk. <laughs> and he very deliberately took that out of context when he's reading the text back to the court. Mm-hmm. But in the end, when Vinny figures out that he can prove it, the sheriff helps him. Because the sheriff actually really does want to get to the truth. He's not about prosecuting somebody just for the sake of closing a case. And that's something that you don't see as often in a mystery set in the South. And I really appreciated that.
1: And, you know, it's funny now that you say that, I think back to some of my experiences with law enforcement officers, and most of them were pretty positive. Um, I think most of the cops, maybe not so much when I was a teenager, but when I was younger, (laughs) I think (laughs) that I would have said that they cared about the people in our town or they, I mean, not that, I had experience, you know, working through crimes or anything like that, but, but, but you're right. It's a much more positive portrayal of power, you know, like even the prosecutor realizes it's done and and he congratulates Vinny at the end and it's like, okay, well we got the right bad guys now, so let's all move on. And that, that is good. It's a positive reaction to the truth. Okay. I have one more
0: and it's a thing that I shouldn't love, but I do. I can't
1: help it. It makes me laugh
0: every time. So when he figures out what actually happened, which I think is great because, you know, at first I was wondering how did looking at a photograph make Vinny figure it out? But that's because Vinny is just as smart as Lisa is. He knows cars too because he worked in a mechanic shop. Mm -hmm. But he knows that he can't testify, so he needs somebody who would have that same level of knowledge to take the stand, and he knows the only person in town who can do that is his fiance. And they're fighting because he's been mean to her throughout this whole movie because he's stressed out, and he forces her into the courtroom. Like, he literally picks her up while she is kicking and screaming because she doesn't want to go, and I'm sorry. It's just funny, and I love it. <laughs> like, I understand why it's problematic, and I fully understand that I should not – but it makes me laugh. And it leads to just some wonderful, wonderful stuff. Because when she's on the stand, it's just beautiful. And I love it.
1: Yeah. Now, uh, Ms. Vito, being an expert on general automotive knowledge, can you tell me what would the correct ignition timing be on a 1955 Bel Air Chevrolet with a 327 cubic inch engine? And a full barrel carburetor. It's a bullshit question. Does that mean that you can't answer it? It's a bullshit question. It's impossible to answer. Impossible because you don't know the answer. Nobody could answer that question. Your Honor, I move to disqualify Ms. Vito as an expert witness. Can you answer the question? No, it is a trick question. Why is it a trick question? Watch this. Her Chevy didn't make a three twenty-seven in fifty-five. The three twenty-seven didn't come out till sixty-two, and it wasn't offered in the Bel Air with a four-barrel carb till sixty-four. However, in nineteen sixty-four, the correct ignition timing would be four degrees before Top Dead Center. She's fantastic on the stand. And I have like if you I have head cannon about how she makes him pay for that later. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. Uh, more than makes up for him her into that
0: courtroom. Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, one of the th- ways that she's going to make it up to him is, you know, make him pay for a big wedding. <laughs> since they weren't allowed to get married until he won his first case.
1: So what do you have other thoughts on this? Anything else on your mind about my cousin Vinny? I will say that this is the... Fr- I, apparently... I have not
0: watched this movie in my adult years, which I don't really understand because it's so funny and it's so wonderful. But that scene between Vinny and Lisa over the broken faucet (laughs) that starts as a fight and very quickly turns into foreplay. Mm -hmm. It's an industry term. (laughs) I can tell you watching it this time was, I believe, the very first time that I understood that was foreplay. (laughs) I know I didn't when I was a kid. Oh,
1: sweet Mandy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Like, they were just fighting when I was younger. It didn't make any sense. Whatever. (laughs) And this time I'm watching it
1: and I'm like, wow, this is getting kind of steamy.
0: (laughs) Yeah.
1: No, I would say that that scene is hot because wordplay is sexy as hell. And those two are intellectually and verbally well matched. You know, and and that's one of the things that makes it so much fun, and and it really adds credibility to them as a couple for me. Yeah, um, because they are so they are so well matched to each other in that way, and it's just fun, <laughs> especially when she rips out that page and says, "Here's your certificate of validation." Like, I mean, come on, it's hilarious, <laughs> right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the other thing that I thought thought was interesting in this movie uh, was they kind of subverted expectation a little bit. Generally speaking, in a movie like this, it would be the Northerner who didn't understand the Southerner's slow twang.
1: Mm-hmm. But in
0: this movie, it was the Southerner who didn't understand Vinny.
1: Is it possible two Utes uh, uh, To what? Uh, what was that word? Uh, what word? To what? What? Did you say utes? Yeah, two utes. What is a ute? Oh, excuse me, Your Honor. Two youths.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And I just thought that was nice because it is normally the southern accent that is mocked and belittled. And they didn't Mm -hmm. do that in this movie.
1: It's a nice change.
0: (laughs) It is a nice change. (laughs) What about you, Kelly? Anything else that
1: you wanted to talk about? I love that this movie kind of exists in a time bubble because all of Vinny's lies and maneuvering with the judge would be undone today with like a five second Google search. So like (laughs) this movie could not be set today. So I I love that. And I just love the constant humor of this never fails to delight me. So no matter how many times I watch it and I really can recite it, it always makes me laugh.
0: Yeah, it is it is really funny. I was cracking myself up while I was watching it because I was laughing so hard in some of yeah. these places.
1: <laughs> Me too. So I'm really glad we watched this one cuz it's just kind of lighthearted and fun.
0: It is. Um, I I wasn't really sure that we were going to find things to talk about because it is so lighthearted and it it's not intended to be a view into Southern culture. And that's kind of what we're doing is mm-hmm. we are looking through that lens. And so I wasn't sure how it was going to work, but it, it was a nice way to see things a little bit differently than I've seen in previous
1: viewings. I think so too. So what are we watching next, Mandy? Our next movie is going to be Where the Heart Is. Oh, y'all, I love this movie. It's wonderful. It also rips my heart into teeny tiny pieces. So that will not be a super easy, light conversation.
0: I have only seen this movie twice, I think. I am 95% sure it was my very first Natalie Portman movie. And I did actually read the book first, which is surprising to me. Me too. I read the book first, too. It is a wonderful book, and it is a wonderful movie, and I am really looking forward to talking about it with you.
1: Me too. I can't wait. I still have scars from the book and the movie, but I love them both, so I'm looking forward to it. All right. Well,
0: we want to hear from you. If you want to join the conversation on Twitter, use the hashtag SFPOP. Tell us about your experiences growing up in the South or how you felt watching this movie. You can find me on Twitter at Mandy Kay, or you can email us at podcast at
1: eloquentgushing.com. And you can find me on Twitter at Dr. Kelly Jones at southernfriedscholar.com, on the Southern Fried Scholar podcast, or on the Big Strong Yes podcast with Lonnie Dynrich. And Southern Fried Pop Culture is funded by supporters like you through our
0: Patreon page. For exclusive content and more, please visit us at patreon.com slash
1: and thanks to Jossie Bentley for our amazing show music. Thanks, y'all.
0: You wanna hear just what I think, but I don't want clouds. Southern Fried Pop Culture is an Eloquent Gushing production. For more information, please visit eloquentgushing.com or visit us on Twitter at eloquentgushing. Gushing.